The Raw Rugby Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Raw Rugby Podcast. I'm Brett McKay. The Women's Rugby World Cup is underway. Spring tour squads are being announced. Your place for the biggest and best rugby discussion is the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate. Absolutely loved our chat with Wallaroos Lock, Sarah Nagama, last week, and the clips that we sent through to coach Jay Trengoning obviously worked after she was named to start the tournament opener against the Black Ferns and a strong game she had too. And thanks to everyone who got in touch to tell us how much you love that chat as much as we did. Uh, you can have your say each week on the Raw or hit us up on the socials. Joining me this and every week, a man now very well versed in the international geography of Australian rugby players, Harry Jones. Hello, mate. Yeah, I was accused of writing satire and uh, I, I went to the definition and looked up satire and then I thought, I'm not really sure. I think maybe I was. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, I made a preposterous argument for including uh, a centurion wallaby mm. um, in the side. A, a journeyman centurion only, wallaby. He's only 33 years old and doing quite well. Mm. And people said, no, no, we have to have the other 33-year-old guy, Taylor Neville, <laughs> who just got capped. And somehow, you know, Robinson, has five caps. Uh, preposterous, crazy. It was, yeah. it, was a really inter- it was a really interesting point of view that you put forward. And I think there's actually a bit of merit in it. And we'll, we may well find out more about that as the week goes on. Mate, let's get into this week's guest. I'm really looking forward to hearing their thoughts on the Wallaroos' gallant start to the Rugby World Cup campaign against New Zealand last Saturday in Auckland. The Raw Rugby Podcast. Quick tap. Oh, McKenzie taps and goes quickly for Fredericks. Wide ball. Sarita and home. Sarita's powerful. She's fast. She's strong. And she's over. Bien Sarita scores the first try for Australia. Oh, what a start for the Wallaroos. Perfect, in fact, dominating the first 13 minutes. Yes, dominant indeed. It was a fantastic start and a fantastic first half for ultimately the Black Ferns finished over the top of them. And one man who really enjoyed their encouraging start to the tournament joins us on the Raw Rugby Podcast. It's Wallabies captain, James Slipper. Hello, mate. How are you? Hey. Yeah, good, Brad. Yeah, um, yeah, mate, what a game. Hey, what a what a start from the Wallaroos. Yeah, absolutely was, fantastic. Um, at the time, I was actually at a, at a good mate's uh, at wedding at the time, and uh, Lockie McCaffrey's actually. So there was a few of us huddled around the phone watching the girls go <laughs> go to war. So mate, the, the boys were yahooing when you know what, what did they get out to about seventeen nil. Seventeen nil, yeah, yeah. And mate, that that Black Ferns team, that's you know that's a pretty handy team. So yeah, um, yeah, I think that class really shone through in the second half. But you know. Um, yeah, it was a great start. It was a great start mm. of the tournament for the girls. Well, and I think I think that sort of answers the next question. We always start in the same spot. What stood out for us on the weekend of rugby? But um, I mean, as far as starts the tournaments go, slips you, you you probably can't get much better than those those opening twenty five minutes or so that Wallaroos had, and they'll take plenty of confidence from that. Yeah, I think yeah, you know, confidence is massive in a World Cup in a World Cup. So yeah, you know, I think historically you've got to string a few games together and you've got to get the outcomes that you want. So, um, you know, the girls would have been disappointed with the outcome, um, not getting the win, but, you know, they can, they can hold their heads high and that will build a lot of confidence going into the next game. I think they're up against Scotland now. So. Scotland, yep, Scotland yeah. Saturday afternoon, yeah. So that's yep. another, t- another tough game coming their way, but, 
um, you know, with the confidence they've shown or they would have gathered from that last game, especially the first half. Um, puts them in good stead, really, yeah. doesn't it? It'll be interesting, Harry, to see how the Black Ferns start this weekend coming uh, in, in their in their game, whether there's a reaction coming in their way from their way. Yeah, it could have been a good wake-up call for them. I mean, Australia yeah, looked really good. Uh, I was hoping there would be some kind of kicking game to manage mm. the game, to chew up some time. I just had that feeling if they kept trying to do what got them to 17 mil, it would backfire and short did. I was actually nervous because I had I've been on a show in South Africa and they said, What's the one game you should tip? And I said, The Wales Scotland, Death Wales got this. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was really nervous watching that, that final that final kick. Also, right now I'm freaked out watching uh, slips here because I've always thought he kind of looked a little bit like Julio Montoya. And now I'm looking at him and thinking <laughs> If he wasn't a rugby yeah. player, I could imagine Julio Montoya and, and James Slipper having a surf shop together, and they would call it Juju and Jaime, and they would just be there on the Gold Coast. <laughs> and it would be so brilliant. And I also wonder, like, when you pack down on the scrum next near him, does he whisper to you, hello, my twin? <laughs> <laughs> this is a this is an observation, Slips, that we've made on the pod before, that, that, that you two must just look at each other very strangely come scrum time. A couple of twins, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's looks a little bit better looking. That, could be. Know, it's close. Yeah. Could be. Could be. Only their mothers can can tell them apart. Uh, it, it was it was an interesting old weekend of rugby. It, yeah. it really was. Australia. A, I was I was impressed that they managed to find their way back into a game that they probably you, you could you could probably argue they didn't they weren't entitled to win that, but they found a way, and it was probably through perseverance than than anything else. And I think there's more than a few guys that have put their hands up um, for the spring tour, which we'll, which we'll talk about very soon again. Um, I, I want to just stick with the Wallaroos just for, for a minute. Um, we've, we've touched on it slips. A, st- a start like that. They've got Scotland and Wales to come in the, in the pool stages. What, what sort of confidence can they, can they take out of that? They, the Black Ferns were always going to be the, the really tough game, but knowing that they can test one of the best teams in the world, that's got to put them in a good spot going forward. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, when you're up against the, one of the best teams, you know, round one of a tournament and, you, you know, you perform well, you perform in a way that, you know, you'd be proud of, especially in the first half, um, that, will, that will build confidence for sure. And as I said earlier, like in a tournament like that where, where wins are everything, essentially, you know, mm. from here on in, um, you know, that, that confidence goes a long way. So, you know, Scotland and Wales, they, they had a pretty tough, pretty tough they outing. Did. So it's, um, they did. Yeah, it, well, what it does do, it sets up a really big game for the Wallaroos and, um, mate, and, and like knowing those girls, they'll, they'll be up for it for sure. So yeah. um, that, that'll definitely be a game to watch. No doubt about that. What, where, where are their big improvements, do you think, for Scotland this Saturday afternoon? Oh, yeah. Well, the start's, I always look at the start as a really important area of the game. And, you know, as we saw, that was really a strength of ours mm. um, as a Wallaroos team. So I think it's just about, you know, staying calm and composed in that in that situation and just building your game around that. So um, obviously things were working our way mm. in that first half. It's about replicating that and not, not – yeah, I think you've got to understand that, you know, the other team will come back and they'll have their time yeah. with the ball and all that sort of stuff. That's everyone kind of gets that, that, you know, the momentum will swing, but it's about, I guess, playing your game 
and not being comfortable with where you're at. So yeah, um, yeah, and then that's you know looking like for, for teams that I've been a part of with the Wallabies and such, that, that's a big work on for us as well. So, um, you yeah, know, we're, we're, we're a team that struggles to start well, but we, yeah. we can climb our way back in the games. But the Wallaroos, if they go out there and, and play the way they did in the first half and then back it up in the second half, you know, they'll, they'll put a lot of teams under pressure and they'll get more outcomes that they want um, by doing that. So just, your, you know, your, your high pressure moments, you got to win them. Yeah. And, um, you know that they, they they lead they go for a long way into the into the result of the game. So yeah, it's it's definitely one to watch. I, I love that. I love that you're speaking in terms of 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 ours, and it was as our good start, and this is what really helped us. I, I love that there's a more of a growing bond between, and I know it's the same as the Brumbies as well. I, I love that there's a real, you know, two two teams, one one club or one country type type thing. Is that something that you guys have? Discussed as a, as a Wallaby squad that you that you wanted when you need to get around the Wallaroos more than you have in the past. Uh, we, you know, we we speak a lot about being good men, um, being good people. Essentially, um, we want to play, you know, for our people, and yeah. you know, and you know, like most most players in that team want to inspire every every rugby player who plays the game. So whether it's Wallaroos, whether it's a club player, whether it's a school player. Yeah, it it doesn't matter to us. We we want to represent everyone, and yeah, I, I think us as a, as a, as a game, uh, I think it's strong for us to mm. to be united in that sort of stuff. So, um, mate, we we'd love to be doing more with the women's, um, yeah, but calendars are so hard to, yes. to deal with yes. these days. So, to be in the same spot as the as the girls' team is is very hard. Um, it, you know the one the one game that I really enjoyed was that Southern game down in Adelaide where the yeah the of Wallaroos, course the Wallaroos played really well against the 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 ABs before our game and um mate it just set up a really good atmosphere for the day um we had two two Aussie teams going for it so um you know we'll always support any Australian rugby team doesn't mm-hmm. matter who you are we we're right behind them. It's um the, the the pools are such in the, the three pools are such in this tournament that whoever gets through as even second in each pool is going to have earned their earned their spot. Like the three pools are, are really tight, Harry. So whoever can get through, they've they've absolutely earned it, haven't they? Yeah, and with eight qualifiers out of twelve, you know, someone's gonna feel a little bit unfairly dealt. So yeah. it's come down to points. Um, yeah, so, so Slips, I was there at Adelaide and I really enjoyed watching the women's team uh, after the match, really enjoying and soaking in the atmosphere. I mean, they must have gone around three times and talking to everyone, had time for everyone. It's a brilliant um, reminder of a different time. You know, in the men's game, it's professionalized. In the women's game, it's still, they were unbelievably chuffed just to be on the field. You know, and and they yeah. couldn't believe the size of the crowd, and they, they mm. couldn't have been more friendly. So, it's a it's a Mate, wonderful it'd representation. To, it'd be great to have a you know a double header every game. It'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, I I think there's a real value in that. Um, you know, the fans would love to see. It brings in another, I guess, a you know another section of fans that want to see the women's game and to kind of create that carnival feel, but. I know as a, as the the men's team, we really enjoyed watching the girls while we were warming up or while we were getting mm. ready, and we were getting right behind them. So, mate, they played well that night too. They were they were right in it, um, and uh, yeah, they did themselves proud. 
yeah, they no doubt big big improvements from the week before. Uh, yeah, from from one game to the next too. But let's um let's let's think about the Wallabies now. How do you how do you try and sum up the the, the nine tests to date in 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 twenty twenty two? Can you can you try and put it down to one word? Uh yeah, pretty easily. I'd say inconsistent. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's common knowledge that you know we've been able to put in a good performance, but haven't really backed it up with another one the week mm. after. And yeah, that's it's 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 really disappointing, you know, as a, as a rugby player because I look at um, you know you look at a tournament like the World Cup and you you need to win essentially seven in a row uh, to be standing at the top at the end. So at the moment we're we're a bit off there, and it's it's something we've definitely addressed and we've we've spoken about. We're just not seeing that transfer into the games. Mm. Um, you know, we've had a lot of, you know, off-field, you know, in, we've had plenty of injuries this year. I've never seen yeah. a year like it. Um, you know, we lost our skip and, um, you know, so things haven't gone our way, so to speak. But, you know, there was times there where we had, you know, a similar team to the one we played the week before and we played mm. well. So um, I think individually, us as players, we need to make sure that we're doing everything we can to make sure we back up performances. Is that going to be the theme going going north later this month for the for the squad that you want to just try and build consistent performance after consistent performance? Because it's this isn't just a twenty twenty two problem. Unfortunately, it's been a bit of a bit of an issue for the last few seasons, and I've got no doubt that you that you're working on it. But you just want to start seeing the wins come together, don't you? Oh, definitely, mate. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we play the game to win. Um, you know, nothing hurts me more than walking off the field and not getting the result I want, you know, and you put so much time and effort in each week and when you don't perform, you know, to the standard that you want to, it really hurts, mate. So, mm. um, you know, like for us going onto the tour, like we're, we're, we're looking at playing some really big nations in that, you know, on their home soil. And, yeah. You know, France and Paris, you, you're looking at Ireland and Dublin. Um, Scotland, you know, Italy as well. Yeah. So there's plenty of there's plenty of big games coming and it's going to be a good test for us to show our consistencies because um, at the end of the day, we're going to have to knock off a few of them to win next year. And, you know, I think us as a group, we've got a lot of growing to do. We've got a lot of young players in the squad who are sitting around 20 test caps. So in terms of the experience and, I guess, time in the jersey, that's growing. It's still at a young age, but, um, you know, going into next year and, and definitely the 2027 home world cup, you know, a lot of these players will have, you know, 70 or 80 caps under, yeah. them, under their belt by then. You know, I won't be around, but uh, <laughs> I can never, safely say that, mate. Uh, but never, never say never, mate. You know what they say about props. They just yeah. get better with age. Well, you know, I was talking earlier today, you know, at, at um, you know, with some coaches about, you know, just the next decade of rugby in Australia and, you know, both on the men's and women's side, um, mm. there's a lot there. You know, there's home, home World Cups. There's the British and Irish Lions. You got the Bledisloe each year. Like, there's plenty of rugby that you know the Australian public can get, you know, really pumped about. But um, it's about us making sure we capitalise on that and make sure mm. we we you know hit our straps at the right time. Because what I, what I've seen in the last kind of couple of years is we've we've brought in a lot of players. You know, given yeah. them a taste of Test footy. Um, you know, a lot of them have gone back to Super Rugby and they've gotten better. So it's about just that time in the saddle and, and making sure that mm. 
you know, we do get better individually and then collectively we'll, we'll reap the rewards from that. So going back to the start of the question, you know, this tour, <laughs> this tour is massive. I know I went on a big tangent there, but this tour is massive. It's going to, it's going to really, um, you know, see where we're at in terms of consistency. Yeah, Slips, I was thinking about um, some of the traits so far of this year in the Wallabies. And one was that the revenge games didn't go your way. And I call them the revenge, revenge games because you won big. You actually had a really good showing in Argentina. You had a wonderful, massive showing in Adelaide. And you had that Melbourne miracle that almost pulled me. You really should have. You had the game in the bag. Mm. Um, you, you set up England with that first win. And then it seemed like on the comeback, you know, the other team would come in and just kind of um, go full brutal, physical, you know, it was a very, uh, it was obvious that it was it was kind of a revenge thing. And I wondered, how do you handle that with young players? I mean, how do you get them ready for that? You know, I mean, is it hard to do that where you just say, look, you know, it's coming uh, and we have to get ready for it. It's not going to go our way every time. Uh, and how do you handle that on the Northern tour where I'm sure it's going to be a very physical tour as well? Yeah, well, it's, it's a great question. I'm sure a lot of coaches are sitting here waiting to see what I say. Um, yeah, because... <laughs> I can think of one, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like you, you're dead right, because you, you, you're always going to get a response from a team who loses. That's, you know, regardless of the sport, they're going to come back and they're going to try and put in a bit, better performance to get, get the result they want. Um, you know, it's up to the team that's trying to back up is to... you got to get better. You can't be you can't be happy with what you've done um, because you know, as you said, they they're coming for revenge. You know they're gonna they're gonna um, you know they're gonna be better because they're they're motivated. Um, you know, I, I always I'll bring it back to you know the individual prep. So it's making sure that you know that every player in the team's ready to go. Um, I always bring it back to the weekly prep as well. So making sure that you need to do whatever you have to do to be right for the game that week. Um, and yeah, you know, it's a it's a constant reminder that each player needs to continually get better themselves. Um, there's also you know tactics, the way we coach the game, you know all that stuff goes in behind it. Um, but I think overarching is individually, it's a mindset that you need to you need to make sure you're ready to go. And yeah, you, know, you touched on it, Harry, just about the physicality. That seemed to be the main area where they came at it as the hardest in the second game. So, um, you know, I guess the beauty of going into a five-game tour in the Northern Hemisphere is we're gonna we're gonna know it's gonna be very physical, uh, mm. especially up front. And it's about making sure we turn up each of those five games up front, and then off the back of that, we can um, you know play some good rugby. Yeah, in those derby matches that I played in, I remember my coaches telling me. That I want you to out, I want you to outplay your opposite number. I don't focus on everything else right now. Mm. It's a derby match, and maybe that's the way to approach some of those. Is don't let your opposite number outplay you. You know, young guy. Yeah, I always um, I look at it. Uh, I think the first the first job is to know your role, know your job, and the second thing is to do your job. And you know, there's one thing saying, and there's another thing doing it. There's two different things. So when the when the lights are on on a Saturday night, the pressure's on. That's when that's when you need to do your job, and that's when it's the hardest time to do your job because obviously everything's happening. You got yeah. pressure coming on. You got players coming at you. Um, yeah, and that's that. I think that's a big growth for us as 
um, the Wallaby team is is making sure that you know we just do our single jobs for the team and do them well, just like you said, beat your opposite number. So yeah, you know, it'll put us in the best stead to win the game. Has that been the biggest lesson you've learned this year about about, about the captaincy, mate? That you that you're now equally focused on thirty four other blokes in the squad as well as as well as your own game. Uh. Yeah, it's it's been it's been well. Firstly, firstly, I, I didn't expect to be captain. So no, that's of course, I, I, I didn't. Um, I didn't see that coming, and nor did I. I, I essentially went out looking for. It. I didn't do that. Um, you know, it's in a perfect world, hoops would still be there, leading us, but it wasn't the case. So, um, the one thing, the one thing we did have, even when hoops was there, we had a good good leadership group yeah. there. So there's a couple of senior boys, but. Mate, even even in my career, like there's there just seems to be a lot of young boys in the team, a lot, a lot of young men, I should say. Yeah. Um, I think when I first started, mate, I reckon that I could probably count ten to twelve to fifteen, maybe I like players over thirty. You know, you, yeah. You Nathan Sharps, your Vickermans, your your Chisholms, your Rocky Elsoms, your Giddos, your Adam Ashley Coopers, like your Stephen Moores. There just seemed to be a lot more. Over thirty guys. <laughs> well, I, I even think about that that so Queensland. Anymore, no, no, you're you're it, mate. Like I think back to that that Queensland team that you captained back years ago. There must have been half a dozen or more guys older than you in that team. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was um, yeah. It's uh, I think the dynamic of of Australian rugby's changed too over the mm. you know over my career when I started in two thousand two thousand. Uh, 10? 10? <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you began in 2010. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 2010. Um, yeah, like if, like even the like the dynamic in the squads are, are are different now. So a lot of players are coming straight from school and playing. Mm. Um, where you probably didn't get that back in the day. Like I did three years in the academy before I, I, I did two years in the academy and then I played that third year. So yeah. like a. Um, yeah, like things like the the I guess the landscapes change. Yes. So yeah. in terms of leadership, it's been we've been lucky under even when Hoops was around, we had a group of core players. You know, Alan Altoz in there, Whitey's in there, myself. Yeah. Um, so like there wasn't just Hoops. So for me, nothing really changed too much. I was still pretty vocal and stuff, even when Hoops was around. Um, you know, there's a lot of leaning on other players to. To see, or like to to make sure all the thirty six or whatever mm. players are around at the time that it, you know we're humming. So, mate, that's still something that we need to get better at too. Like, that yeah. I'm not saying Sydney saying that we're perfect, but um, you know, we're we're working pretty hard on making sure that we're doing the right thing for the team. Yeah, you said after after that that um that loss in Sydney that you said uh, post match that that. This the, the your message to the boys straight afterwards was that this one has to hurt. I want the boys to hurt. How like is it is it hard telling the guys that in that very moment? And and how does things like that go down? You're like you would know it's a hard message to hear yourself as a player. How hard is it to say as a captain? Yeah, well, ideally you're coming and saying all these positive things, aren't yeah. you? Uh, that's the ideal picture, but you know, after that game, it was just really disappointing the way we we fronted. Um, yeah. You know, Harry touched on the physicality earlier. Like that was South Africa came out and essentially bashed us in that second test, and 
and it's it's pretty hard to win a game when you're going backwards most yeah. of the night. So you know, we we couldn't win a line out. I think you know, I think we you know we we either got penalised or turned over over twenty times, and yeah, you know, the the Sarkins are they're, they're the world champs for a reason. You know, they're, mm. so they're they're a quality outfit, and you know, if you give them that sort of pill and and you don't win that collision area, um, you're just making it really hard on yourself. So. Um, I guess that that message I I pushed after the game was um, just to reinforce, you know, that we didn't we didn't do ourselves, um, we didn't do the jersey proud that night. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I noticed your your Instagram page change. You know, your Instagram before you were made skipper was a little bit like Andrew Calloway's, who I think plays rugby like he's on Instagram all the time, by the way. And I think you should, and I think you should watch him if you do joint uh, sessions with the Wallaroos. But Calloway was, you know, like a happy lad. And, and yours was actually a really strong Instagram game too. And when you made captain, I feel like you got a little more serious. Uh, did, you, did you have to sort of... I didn't realise I was that active. I didn't realise I was that active. <laughs> there, you, you, you had some good stuff. Yeah, after, no, don't I worry. Thought I, was, I, I thought I was putting the post up once a year. <laughs> yeah, but they were very sly and subversive. You know, so do you have to... Is, is, it, is it funny? Because I'm sure you're a fun guy to be around. You look like you seem like it, but... As a captain, you have to, you know, come into halftime and oranges, and maybe, you know, tell some people what's going wrong. Do you, have you had to, have you had to get on some people and, and actually say that, or are you more of the calm, pragmatic captain that says, okay, look, you know, we can adjust our mall defense here and there, or do you sometimes have to give it to someone? Um, I think you got to read the situation at the time, read read the room, um, and that's something I've probably learned over the years is when I. I, I for a lack of a better word, a spray is needed. Um, but nine times out of ten, I'm more measured, more calm. I'm looking for solutions rather than just spraying yeah. someone. So, um, you know, if you're trying to get a reaction out of someone by spraying them, it's sometimes you just don't know if that actually gets through. So, like, yeah. what are, what do they actually need to do as as a player to, to either fix their role or or do something different on the field? So. Um, you know, Dave Rennie's pretty similar as well. Like he's very measured, very calm in the change room. Um, and it's about it's pr- pretty much solution based. So, you know, what are we doing wrong or what are we doing right? We either keep doing it or we change it or tinker it or or you know, look at the I guess the detail and the clarity within the game. Um, and are there's they, are they showing you are they showing you pictures in that moment? Like, do they have you know some screenshots or video? The coaches. Yeah, yeah, Dream, yeah. If there if there's something they've seen throughout the game, you know, like Dan McKell will like for for an example, will have you know a, a line out or a mall up on the screen, and he'll run through and go, right, we're going to change this, and just we're going to you know tinker with this, and then we'll you know we see opportunities to get better in that situation. Um, Renz is uh, probably a bit more holistic around the whole team. So, you know, you know, he'd be talking more about the, the you know, the contact area, the collision, um, you know, playing at the right end of the field, you know, that sort of genetic, generic sort of game plan stuff. And then, you know, you got Dan who will do the forwards, you got Wisey who'll do the backs. Um, they'll they'll bring the, the footage more into it to make it more specific is the word yeah. I was after. So for the forwards, for the units. Have you have you had a chance to enjoy the captaincy, mate? 
have I had a chance to enjoy the captaincy? Um, <laughs> mate, whenever you whenever you put whenever you prepare really well and everything goes to plan and you get the result, it's um it's very rewarding. Um, yeah, I've never really been a player who wants to like um I just like in terms of myself being captain, I just wanted to be a player doing my doing my job for the mm. team. Um, and you know I I take a lot of I guess happiness from doing my job. So if I can walk off the field knowing I've done my bit for the team to get the result we want, um, regardless of being captain, that's that's all that matters to me. And um, yeah, it's uh, look, it's been a rocky road this year for sure. You know, a lot of ups and downs. We've we've had a lot of adversity as well. So mm. um, it's been it's been a tough year, but it's one that you know I feel like I've you know I've learned a lot essentially. And um, you know whether I'm captain. For much longer, I'm not too sure, but uh, for what it is this year, I've enjoyed it. It's been tough, but um, yeah, I still want to. I want to finish the year strong. Is the understanding that if Hoops comes back, he's he's back captain immediately? Is that the thought? Uh, from my understanding, we we haven't really spoken about it too much, but I think um, that's really in Hoops' call. Uh, and, yeah. Um, so yeah, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna throw. And that hoops doesn't want at him. It, it's more about hoops being comfortable back, being back playing. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I think we we just want him to be as happy as he can and um, you know as fit and healthy as he can because we know what sort of player he is and, and what sort of leader naturally he is. So um, just to have him around the around the squad, um, even if he's not playing, he'll be a big addition for us and you know for a lot of our young players seeing him. You know, in the same change room will be will be really um, you know beneficial for us as well. So we haven't had that chat yet, and I'm sure we will. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Rugby on the raw. Uh, just jumping to mall defense, which is like a big topic right about you know how do you stop the mall and your percentage of stopping the mall is huge. Crusaders, I think, are you know impeccable. So how do you, besides having impeccable feet placement, precise choreography, you know the brutal ballet, just perfectly planned, the timing of a sniper, minimizing you know your uh, your bad mass and maximizing your good mass, and and having the ballast of a ballot battleship. How does a team? stop a well-formed mall from just rolling over the try line? I think the first thing you look at is, or the first thing, the first thing the team needs or the forward pack need, they need to love mauling. That's, that's pretty much the, <laughs> yeah. that's pretty much yeah. the, the crux of it. Um, all it takes is one player to not love mauling and there's your weakness. So I'd say as a, as a team, as a forward pack, you got to want the, you got to want a mall um, and to stop, to stop a, a really good mall, you got to hit them first. You got to, you got to, you know, like the old cliche, you got to throw the first punch essentially. So, um, you got to get in there. You got to get dirty. You got to put your head where you don't want to put it. Um, and that's, it's about, yeah, it's just about getting stuck in. Really, there's, there's like everyone's got a role to do in mall defense, but it's about bringing the intent. That's the critical bit. What about in attack, mate? What this is the one question I've always wanted to ask a a, a, a good, honest front rower like yourself. How much credit do you blokes actually give backs when they run in and join a mall try that's just barged over? Uh, 
I don't, I don't think I've ever given any back credit for a mortgage. <laughs> of course. Not once. Excellent. So and, I, yeah, and, and I very deliberately asked that question because we obviously do a lot of commentary with Pat McCabe and he will swear black and blue that that try would not have been scored if inside centre winger halfback didn't join us. <laughs> yeah, but not, not, not many wingers tries in the corner, mate, would be scored without the forward back. So it's a very, it's it's a very good point you make. It, mate. It's a very good point you make. <laughs> so but when, you're, when you're stopping a mall, is that a set? Is that a set role where you're coming in? I see a lot of players hanging back and waiting. I mean, there's the first guys who get stuck in, and then there's the second, third, fourth guys that kind of trying to find the right angle. Are you trying not to get too committed? Because once you're stuck in, then the ref won't let you um, won't let you move. Is that the the game is yeah. to aim your next your next platoon? I think um, well, it comes from doing your you know your your preview on your opposition and knowing. You got to kind of know how they like to maul, um, you know, doing your analysis, doing your homework on, you know, because each team tends to maul a little bit different. Um, but yeah, you're right. The first guys, you just get the, the ones up front, which are normally the props. Unfortunately, they're the ones who are, they're the ones straight into it. Um, yeah. And then, you know, it's about. Um, I think a simple way of putting it is knowing where they're trying to send their weight. You're trying to make sure you've got people in front of that. So it's about staying in front of the weight. Because as soon as you lose your hips away from the weight, then they'll just roll through you. Yeah. Staying on front row themes, because I love them, uh, the break foot, uh, the new rule that's being enforced, and it's actually been blown up quite a few times. It's supposed to work, I think, um, to protect you know players from too much of a hit uh, and to stabilise. How is it actually working? And do you think it's something that is worth sticking around uh, the break foot for the hooker? Yeah, it's it's been an interesting one since it's you know come in. Um, you know, the whole idea was to obviously stop the axle axle loading through the net, mainly right. on the hooker. Yeah. Um, so for you know all the backs out there, it's when you know the two scrums start leaning on each other to find you know scrum position before the set. Um. Yeah, that's uh. I I I'm still unsure whether it works or not because some of the hookers who are using their break foot still put a lot of weight through their necks. Um, on that engage on the on the um on the bind. So, from what I've seen, you know, recently with the refs, they they'll let you bring your foot half back. Um, the hookers, one foot, the one out in front, they'll mm -hmm. let uh, they'll let them bring back halfway. But yeah. um, they they still want to see that foot out there because at the end of the day, it's all about player safety, and that comes first and foremost for any any sport, and especially in our game where there's um, you know there's obviously six front rowers trying to eat each other. So um, yeah, I think there's there's a place for it. I think the consistency on uh, ruling on it is probably a work on. Um, yeah. very, very diplomatic, Sorry. mate. Very diplomatic. Yeah, I know. I, well, <laughs> I don't, I, yeah, I'm obviously not a hooker, so I've never really mm. taken too much notice of it. But, um, you know, if what you don't want to do is have your foot left there and then you engage the scrum because that's when you can get pretty dangerous for the hooker. If his foot's yeah. still up, up there, you can but come you, down on that knee. Yeah, um, but you could be a hooker, and I think it would be a good idea 
in the World Cup to have a Puma's jersey and you sneak on and say that line out. <laughs> Mate, I, don't to Rob Simmons. I don't reckon I'd be able to throw it five metres. Oh, come, mate, come on. Don't have, be, have you, don't be, underse- don't be underselling yeah. your, your passing game, mate. There's too much highlight reel stuff from you this year. <laughs> <laughs> I can't yeah, talk about that, mate, because I get, I get in so much trouble when I talk about my passing. <laughs> oh, mate, those, there's, you only need to show two passes this year on loop, and you should be dining out on those, both of them. You know I didn't even get a try assist for those. What? That's out. Oh, you know, because you weren't the last pass, were you? That's an that's yeah, outrageous. No, no one did the no one did the last pass. Yeah, he has the like second yeah. try. Yes, it's like the there's a second try assist. I think in ice hockey they have that. You know, the, it's the pass before the pass. Yeah. So surely, surely the you get the surely you get the assist for Tom Banks's try against the Rebels. Surely, I can't remember, mate. But it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. Oh. So who is the uh, Wallaby emergency lineout thrower? Is that you? If if it all goes to shit, it's no, Pete Samu. Yeah, it was that. Yeah, it's funny you say that because we actually had Pete. We lost. Um, who'd we lose? Uh, Brecky, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. He got. Yeah. He got, what what game was that? That was the Melbourne game. Might have been. Yeah, yeah. There was a game Pete Pete had to throw into one or two yeah, lineouts. Yeah, we did a few sneak ones around the front um, just to make it easy for him because. Yeah, and obviously the further <laughs> up the back it goes, the the, yeah. the riskier it gets. So I think, um, yeah, Pete, you know, he's been exceptional for us all year. Oh, hasn't uh, he? He's been one of our better players. So um, once again, he just smooth Pete gets it done. <laughs> Does he dress up as a pirate uh, you know, <laughs> when he's not playing? Because he looks like a pirate to me. <laughs> and he's uh, <laughs> He can't do anything wrong, mate. He's the best looking in the team. <laughs> He's dashing. Uh, so, c- touching on your referee consistency issue that you raised, and I know you have to be careful because you're a test captain. But now that that time has passed off after that Melbourne thing, and I never say the guy's name, not to bog down on that particular moment, but the new focus on uh, time wasting and you know the use it being more uh, sincere, I guess, more serious. Now, when referees say use it, you kind of go, "Oh, geez, you must use it." Um, what do you think is the best way to do that? I mean, it, it, you know, to me, rugby does need stoppages. It doesn't need to be um, running around for 60 minutes. Uh, you know, 40, 35 to 40 minutes is kind of the max. Um, but what do you think about the, the discussion about saving time here and there on kicks and, and set pieces? Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's a conversation worth having because there's, you know, there's not really much ball in play at the moment uh, in terms of time. You know, you're looking between 25 and 35 mats of actual ball and play. Um, now, whether you, whether you you know you stop the clock on on those situations where you know the ball's dead, you just stop the clock and until the ball's back in play, then the clock starts again. Um, you know, that could be an option. But see, I, I'm a big believer. I, I I enjoy running around and bringing that fatigue into the game. You know, as a smaller prop, you know, it's gonna benefit me but um, <laughs> like even I, I feel like even in my career there's you know there's there's definitely a change in um, when I first started it was about you know moving the ball and playing with the ball and trying to you know trying to hurt the defences by playing a lot of phases where defences are so strong now they're so they're so yeah. tactically strong that you know sometimes having the ball is a 
you know, it's it's not the best thing for you, especially mm. in your own half. And you know, you look at the South Africans, they don't they don't want the footy. They they you know, they'll put a bomb up when they're 30 meters from the goal line. Um, yeah, they so there's obviously the beauty about rugby, there's so many ways you can play the game. And you know, you don't want to take that away from the game either, because that's what makes makes it so special. You know, each sort of nation has their own sort of flavor of of rugby. And but I, I'm a big believer in you know, the stoppages, the TMO coming in all the time. Um, you know, I guess that sort of dead ball where there's no rugby going on at the, at the time is, you know, in terms of the fans watching and not necessarily the rugby fans. It's more the, you know, the, the fringe fans who, yeah. who want to who get behind the sport, but then they keep seeing stoppages and yeah. um, they struggle with that. You know, mm. when you compare it to AFL and league where they just say play on. Yeah. So it's something, you know, worth having a discussion about, but I just can't see um you know around the world a buy-in for it. What are these water breaks? How how are they going down for you guys on the field? Because they feel like momentum killers watching. Uh, I, I I still don't understand it. I, I speak to the ref before each game and you know, we have our chats and and I actually bring that up most most weeks about I'm like, how how's it gonna work this week? Um, and most refs, re- most refs now, like if there's an injury on the field, they'll they'll pull the water water card then. Yeah, which right. I, I think smart makes sense. Um, but like, I remember we did one in South Africa where since I can't remember actually, and no, maybe in Argentina where we scored a try. You know, and there's plenty of time to have a, uh, have a drink of water. You know, like after a try, you're walking back 50 meters and they're under the post or vice versa. And then we got back to halfway, and then he called a, a water break, and I, I just, I just couldn't understand why that's needed in the game. But I think, you know, it's obviously been been brought in for some reason. But um, you know, that's for other people to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so Slips, you've had a massive career for the Wallabies. What are, what are the best and worst memories that you have um, looking back right now on being a Wallaby? I'm guessing. I'm guessing this is all going to be things that have happened since 2010. Since you can't remember before that, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to ask you about your first test because it's it lost the memory. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking back. My first preseason was end of 07, so it's going back quite a few years. Mm. Um, so I kind of forgot when I actually debuted. Jeez, <laughs> um, <laughs> you're making it sound like you played with leather balls, mate. <laughs> oh, sometimes it feels like that. <laughs> no, I've, uh, I, I don't know. I've, I've been so lucky to play, you know, was it 13 seasons? And um, I guess there's so many, there's so many memorable moments. Um, you know, playing the British and Irish Lions in 2013 was, 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 you know, I was only 22 at the time or three, I can't remember, but um, that was unbelievable. Just the, I guess the, the atmosphere, the yeah. the hype, the excitement around not just the, the game itself, but in terms of rugby um, in the country. It was just something I didn't really understand at the time how big it was. And, mm. yeah, I just thought it was incredible. So um, that was a big one. Um, knocking over the All Blacks in Hong Kong was a good one too. That was my first win against them. Um, but uh, I'd say... I'd say uh, obviously my debut's up there against England, yeah. but I'd say playing England in the 2015 World Cup in the pool games, um, 
England and Wales. Uh, that were yeah, yeah. They, were, they stand out for me. They were just awesome to be a part of. Um, and that was such a good World Cup as well. So, you know, unfortunately, we didn't get the um, the fruits at the end. But um, in terms of how we played, how like how we were playing the game, um, how much enjoyment we were getting from that, and how much the country got behind us, it was unbelievable. Mm. That, there was that little uh, week. There was there was that little two week window in that in that World Cup. You you beat Wales, beat England, beat Scotland, or whatever the order was. It it felt like in that fortnight that you could beat anyone. Yeah, and you know we we felt a lot of momentum, and that's something. Yeah. You know, talking about the Wallabies of late, that's probably something that, you know, as I said earlier, we're working on because, you know, back then we just got all this momentum behind us and we were going out there and we were just, you know, just really getting into it each game. You know, we obviously came up against a pretty formidable all-black team, mm-hmm. probably the one of the best I've seen um, that year. So it was, um, yeah, it was a tough way to finish, but yeah, it was a super power moment for my career. Yeah, no doubt. No, well, not 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 this is any any prouder, but you're actually now part of a new team, which is the Roar Pod Squad, and uh, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if it's going to make you uh, even prouder, but you know you're actually on the same team as France Malherbe now, so you don't have to pack down against him, which must be a horrible experience. But um, you know, he actually he's on your team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're you're now part of our team. Actually, you're up against Sakopi Kupu for minutes, so. You, know, you might want to, you might you might want to declare that you're a hooker. I don't know. Our team is very flexible. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a career highlight slips, no doubt about it. We're going to see a a spring tour squad named in the in the coming days. Um, it's five tests in five weeks. It's a bloody grueling tour. I just wish you all the best for it, mate. It's it's going to be a big tour. It's a big opportunity for you guys. Um, thanks so much for for finding some time for us to have a chat. No, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. And, um, yeah, it's definitely a highlight now, guys, being on the podcast. So I'll have to get back on one day soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have have you back back. whenever you're ready, mate. Whenever you're ready. Good on you, mate. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. The Roar. Harry, fantastic to have James Slipper on. It was a really, really good chat. I knew knew he'd be good. Uh, I love that he got he went full front rower on us for a while there didn't he he enjoyed that <laughs> yeah i took him down that lane he's such yeah. a chill guy it's actually yeah, hard for me to imagine him getting cross at people or and maybe he doesn't but i i also thought it was interesting that he really does keep track of his try assist stats <laughs> <laughs> well look again you know sleeper going in As I say to him, those those two those two particular tries, I'd be dining out on those for the rest of my life. If I was the front row. Yeah, you love, you love no those. Reason. Oh, so good, absolute front row porn it was. Uh, it's a busy weekend. It's another busy weekend of, of rugby coming up. The last game of the Japan Rugby Challenge series um, against Australia. Oh, the Japanese fifteen against Australia A is Friday night in Osaka. It's eight. It's eight thirty p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time on Friday nights. Um, so yeah, not not Saturday if you're uh, if you're looking for those games. Um, there's three games of the Women's Rugby World Cup on Saturday and Sunday, uh, and it all kicks off with. Uh, Australia and Scotland, uh, one o'clock Eastern Australian Eastern Daylight Time 
uh, on Saturday afternoon. That's uh, that's in Whangarei. Do or die. That's yeah, do or it die is. Yeah. It, it it really is for, for for their pool. That's followed by the US and Japan, and then France and and England, which will be a fantastic game uh, on Saturday Le crunch. night. Yeah, Le yeah. Crunch on Sunday. It's Italy, Canada. Uh, Wales, New Zealand, and Fiji, South Africa, um, as well. That's those three games uh, on uh, on Sunday afternoon. So some cracking games of the Women's World Cup coming up. Um, it's round five of the URC this weekend. Um, Leinster, uh, Leinster, and the Stormers are the only unbeaten team. The little standout for me at the moment, mate, is that Benetton are currently running fourth, um, having beaten. The Dragons last weekend by 20. Viva Benetton. Yeah, Benetton and the Lions probably had two surprises there. The Lions yeah. are winning uh, as well on the road, and they're going back now. Um, you would say the Bulls were probably a disappointment yeah. getting Yeah, the, the Bulls got beaten, then, uh, beaten in Glasgow. The Lions beat Edinburgh yeah. uh, in, in, was, in Edinburgh. So, And it wasn't really close, where the Sharks did hold Leinster, I think, to 60 minutes, and then Oh, well, Leinster is just a really good team, but the Stormers have a game in hand. So that's, you'd say that, that those two teams are looking like um, repeating from last year yeah, and yeah. carrying on their form, but the Bulls have to find something new, but they're going home. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the English Premiership, Saracens and Sale uh, are the only unbeaten sides there. Um, they both had pretty good wins on the week on the weekend. Sale beat Leicester. Uh, Saracens were too good for. Uh, for Newcastle, Sale are playing London Irish. Saracens have got Bath, I think, and Harlequins Leicester could actually mm. be a really good game this weekend. Tasty. So the league, I was reading something by Ross Hamilton, and he was he was taking some stats, and they're early, but still, there's a 16 percent increase in try scoring from this point to the same point last year, yeah. which is actually amazing when you say that's for all teams and all games. Right? Yeah, right. Um, that, that's a, a unheard of. The other thing is compared to other leagues, the try rate in English Premiership is astronomical. And yet you have two teams failing. You have um, the Wasps kind of going down the tubes to follow yeah. Worcester. And so yeah. it's, it's entertaining, you know, for attacking rugby, but is that, you know, the only question here, why, and why is that happening? Yeah. The other thing Ross pointed out was these tries are originating in different places now, you know, entries to 22 and success in 22 was the, you know, that's the, the main yeah. stat that attack coaches use. Uh, and the English premiership this, this season, people, the tries are originating from outside the 22 more often. Yeah. And time spent in 22 is actually lower than last season, but they're scoring more. So the efficiency rate's high. Yeah, uh, right. It is something that defensive coaches, and they have good ones there, are really scratching their heads around and trying to figure out. Part of that is they're kicking a little more. This is, I know it's counterintuitive, but the teams are kicking more for placement and less for touch. Yeah, and right. um, even 50-22s that aren't succeeding, but the attempt at them, is finding more grass and yes. there's actually a, a little more uh, uh, the, the attack patterns are a little bit different, so maybe it's harder to defend. That's that is interesting. That yeah. is interesting. It's 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 having an effect even if it doesn't create the set piece. The fifty twenty two kick that is just just That's on it. that. You mentioned you mentioned wasp. There's actually reports coming out of England that former Newcastle United owner Mike Ashley might be in in talks to to take over. Wasps, which mm. if if that's something that that, that keeps them uh, keeps them going, then that's obviously 
really good news. Um, the NPC semi-finals uh, are in New Zealand this weekend. Uh, Wellington playing Auckland uh, at the Cape Tin on Friday evening and Canterbury and Bay of Plenty uh, in Christchurch on Saturday. So um, that's that's uh, Bay of Plenty uh, sneaking past Waikato last week. Um, it's set up things very, very nicely uh, in the NPC. Uh, a little bit of news, mate. Um, I mentioned uh, Spring Tour squad. The Wallabies are likely to name their squad uh, toward the back end of this week. The All Blacks named a 35-man squad for their four-match Spring Tour, which begins uh, with Japan in Tokyo on October 29. They also named a 28-man All Blacks 15 squad, which will play Island A and the Barbarians in November, and that'll be captained by Patrick Tuipulotu. So that's 63 New Zealand players will be in uh, in Ireland and the UK uh, over the course of November. So that's um, that's a that's a hell of a tour going on there. Uh, World Rugby have acquired uh, rugby news site Rugby Pass as part of a deal with Sky Sport in New Zealand, which enabled them to secure some major rights up until 2029. All the World Cups, the Sevens World Series, the new International Women's uh, Series as well. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. And what that means, both in terms of news coverage from Rugby Pass, but also global streaming, because that was sort of how Rugby Pass built their business model, was um, catering for for countries that didn't have broadcast deals there. Um, we mentioned this talking to James before, um, yeah, more another, another Australian prop going down, Queensland Reds front rower Harry Hooper will miss the, the entire 2023 Super Rugby Pacific season. He uh, picked up a, an ACL tear, unfortunately, in the second half of the, the game against uh, the Australia A game against Japan um, last week. So he came off the bench himself and then and then had to be replaced uh, with that ACL tear confirmed. Um, and that's obviously not the way you would want to end a year. But, mate, that is episode 39 of the Raw Rugby Podcast done and behind us. Don't forget Harry and I are both on the socials. And don't forget to drop us a line on the Raw when the new episode page lands. And don't forget to like, follow, subscribe on your pod platform of choice to ensure every new app drops into your notifications as soon as it's live. It's the Raw Rugby Podcast with me, Brett McKay, and Harry Jones every week on the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate, the home of all your favourite international rugby analysis, opinions, and conversations. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in your ears next week. Come play with us.